0: Hello there, and welcome to Brett Winning Moms with Chloe. I'm your host, Chloe Taylor Brown, and I am very excited to be here with you today. We are doing something very authentic and with authentic people, and I'll have to say, at least one of my favorite authentic people. Yes, here today on Grant Winning Moms with Chloe, we're going to be connecting with Catherine the Great from Australia. So I want you to grab your pad and your pen because I'm sure that you're going to want to take lots of notes because this is going to be a triple-hot experience. So what I'd like for you to do is to get your questions, and if you'd like to connect with us today live, call us at 347-884-9229. Again, you can connect with us live today at 347-884-9229 because we're going to be talking to Catherine. She is the founder and director of Powerhouse Coaching and Consulting. For over 25 years, her mission for over these last 25 years have been to help create a world where we can live each day wide awake. So how many of you have been walking around, you think you're awake, but you're really not awake because you are walking asleep. I'm also going to be connecting with Catherine's friend and business partner, Mr. Alan Purlong. He's the director of UBG. Alan has been teaching the science of human flourishing to entrepreneurs for nearly three years while running his own successful business. And I'll tell you, I do not want to wait anymore. I want to go ahead and connect with these amazing people from
1: Australia.
0: Hello, Catherine the Great.
1: <laughs> what a grand welcome. Hello, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me on board. And- Hello to everybody who's listening.
2: <laughs> Thank
1: you so much for being here.
0: And Alan, hello, how are you today?
2: I'm terrific, Chloe. And it's it's really lovely to uh to meet you.
0: <laughs> this is really exciting because I always get a chuckle and I have a big smile on my face when I'm talking to my friends uh over in Australia or down under in Australia. So uh, Catherine, you never know where you are because you're always jet-setting all over. Um, you're everywhere, um, and you have a new business, two new businesses, I believe, that's going on. I really don't know where to start myself, so I'm going to take one of the questions that was written down for me for, by someone else. Is The question is, how do you manage to be able to be a coach who has trained thousands of people and also travel around the globe speaking and sharing and still have that gorgeous smile on your face all the time. It's like a giggle that's waiting to burst out. (laughs)
1: That's it right there. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Chloe, a lot of this is about very much being intentional in regard to what I want to do with my life. And also in that comes... That ability to be able to direct my focus it would be very easy to be distracted in regard to having a coaching business an energy savings business plus also to having a gorgeous family that I love to spend time with and traveling about as I do and as for where I'm at today I'm at home on the Gold Coast in Australia it's a beautiful autumn day and uh, yeah I'm just enjoying that time and space that I have to be here And I think it's really important as we go forward in our lives and in our business just to be really clear about what it is that we want and therefore we can create and live the kind of lives and businesses that we want. And I'm delighted to have my dear friend Alan on the call with us today because Alan's just got some absolutely fabulous strategies in regard to being able to help create that. And I've, I've seen Alan, I've worked with Alan, gosh, I'm thinking now Alan's probably about eight years or so now, and i mm-hmm. uh, seen him do many great things over that time, so he's got a wealth of wisdom to share with us also. Well, how did you
0: guys connect eight years ago?
1: Oh, Alan, I might give you that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a long story. You might need to grab a cup of tea and put your feet up, Chloe. Um, we, we, we met through a, a chap who I was working with at the time, Uh, was a mutual friend of Catherine and I's, Um, and at the time, I was doing a lot of kind of business work and business strategies, and and it was really Catherine who um, sort of got me uh, on the path of sorting myself out, really, if I was honest, in terms of, you know, I was a typical type A kind of person, you know, work hard, play hard, uh, probably push the boundaries a bit too hard sometimes. Um, you know, burned out in the past. And uh, it was really Catherine who, who sort of said, sort of, whoa, hold on there, cowboy, just just sit down for two seconds and really look at what it is you're trying to do with your life. And that's where the sort of the, the friendship uh, and the partnership sort of started and, and it's evolved from there.
0: So is an organic friendship that turned into um, a business and business deals and business uh, ventures?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, go on, Catherine.
1: I'd say with that, Chloe, I think that really highlights the importance of being really mindful of the people that we share our space and our lives with. Alan was initially a client and over time a friendship developed and within that, too, great trust because you know we had known each other over a period of time. And Alan has many gifts. And when we we're starting a new business venture, he was the go-to man in regard to that because he had skills and abilities that I don't have. And um, yeah, so over time, that certainly has evolved. And I'm very blessed to have Alan and people like Alan in my space that really support me, support my life's work, support my business so that I can be the best version of me.
0: I love that. I've always admired that about you. You've always seemed to have the ability to um, attract and also to keep a great team around you. And that's what I uh, see that a lot of women in particular, maybe people, but most of the people that I've worked with are women. I, I see that uh, many of us have challenges in bringing our teams together and keeping the teams together. What have you found, uh, or the two of you found, um, that is the secret to building a great team?
1: Well, I'll start off on that, and this is very much aligned with the message that you share with your people, Chloe, and that's about being authentic, about being real, about being honest. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to achieve. This is the help that I need. And also to being able to um, just have a very easy, open, honest relationship to not get too serious. You know, Alan's a master in regard to being able to teach strategies around happiness. And um, Alan, I'll I'll handball to you on this one because I think it links in beautifully in regard to that aspect of being able to experience positive emotions on a daily basis and. Part of that is also, too, about being connected with good people, with great people. And uh, so I might handball to you on that one, Alan, if you haven't got any further say, Holly.
2: I, I think the the thing that I've learned, I've been managing people since I was 18 years old and uh, pretty much made every mistake in the book um, in terms of how to, to sort of get a team to work uh, together, that's one thing, but how to get them to work together, even when you're not around is, is a whole different ball game. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of motivation theory and most of it's complete nonsense. It just doesn't work in the long term. And what I've found over time and, and also through science as well, is that the things that really get a team gelled together are first and foremost, the need to have a sense of purpose or a sense of meaning. So um, it doesn't matter whether you're an accounting firm or whether you're, um, I don't know, in advertising, um, you have to be aiming for something bigger than just making a few dollars. It has to be bigger than that, sense of purpose and meaning is critically important. And people will go beyond the beyond, you know, for, for a purpose or, you know, that they believe in, um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, people go to war based on those values. So. You know, when you can tap into that in your team and your teams see a, a flag on a hill that they believe in they're literally unstoppable and the other thing that people really need is autonomy um, autonomy is incredibly important um, within a team framework and with a framework that you set as the leader um, to you know in, in my experience every time I've given somebody you know a little bit of role they've always exceeded my expectations with guidance and you know, a, a clear kind of um, a little uh, bit of leadership from myself. So autonomy is incredibly important because what you see then is you see the real person's true potential shine. Um, and, and I think that's incredibly important. And I'm very closely linked with that is mastery. Um, all of us as human beings have the desire to grow. It's innate in all of us from the moment, we're, in fact, before we're born, from the moment we're conceived. Um, and that growth takes Um, very different kind of paths it could be spiritual growth emotional mental growth growing our skills blah 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 but it's innate in all of us and if you really want to have an extraordinary team and you really want a team that are self-motivated truly self-motivated not externally motivated but internally motivated then if you've got those three elements in your organization in your small business in your accounting team um, you're going to be hugely successful
0: I find that to be fascinating and um the opportunities seem to be to be vast, many opportunities today. But do you feel that many people are depressed and as Catherine was saying, you know, you, we want you to have you want you to live awake. Um, I find that a lot of people are kind of sluggish today. Um, is that uh, what, what do you think about that, Catherine, or Alan, whoever wants to answer that question about people being depressed and um, at even worse levels than uh, in the Great Depression?
2: So I'll hand to Catherine in a second, but one of the interesting things that uh, I've learned on my journey there's a, a terrific guy called Martin Seligman, who's the sort of father of positive psychology you know, what what really makes us tick, what really makes us flourish. And through his research, um, he found that the generations who went through the Second World War, you know, which is a terrible time for for all involved, they have less levels of depression than our generations. And that's that's a really profound kind of observation that our generations, and and younger and younger, in the age of depression, um, onset of depression is now it was on average somewhere in, in the 40s, you know, 43 or 44, Is now 14. Um, and, and I think this is, there's many elements, I, I don't think there's a simple answer, but, but for sure I think one of the, the main reasons for this higher level of depression is that we have what I call a flawed operating model. All of us are brought up in our societies to believe that certain things will make us happy, the bigger house, the nicer car, the, you know, living by the beach. And actually, what it turns out is those things are not the things that make us happy. The things that truly make us happy and thrive are having deep and meaningful relationships, having a sense of purpose and meaning. Now, this is not in our economic model. And yet, you know, this is how we're driven deep down. So we have a whole society running off, um, you know, trying to to get the bigger house, a bigger car. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm a pretty successful guy. But it was all based on having a sense of meaning and purpose. What I do has meaning and purpose, and the money has come as a result of that. Um, whereas we've got a society who believe if I go and chase the money, I'll be happy. And, and, and what we end up with is, is the opposite of that, you know, an emptiness. Uh, as you know, Depression, as we would call it in the scientific world, but an emptiness. So that would be my observation. Catherine, what's, what's your thoughts?
1: Firstly, I totally agree with what you're saying there, Alan, because I've seen that to be true. And secondly, I think even if we have a look at, say, the time of pre-crash of 1989, there was still a lot of focus on family, friends, community, and our financial goals weren't as high. Today in 2015, our financial goals are just so much higher. The pressures are that much greater we still obviously have a focus in regard to our family and friends and and people are more in tune now these days with having that sense of purpose or meaning or looking for that because there is an emptiness. And no matter for the fact that we are actually now more connected than what we've ever been, in some ways we are so disconnected. We're isolated. And in the busyness and the stress of our lives, and stress isn't a bad thing, mind you, and we'll cover that later, I hope, But in that stress and how we deal with it, we've really lost relationship with ourselves and a higher power. And that leaves us hungry. It leaves us with that feeling of being empty or, as you say, depressed in scientific terms, that's it. So I think we need to actually come back to that place where we can be our own source of power, where we can actually live awake, as you say, Chloe. So that we're connected with that innate life force that we're all gifted with from the day we arrive on this planet.
0: There's just so much that I've heard between the two of you, and I have about twenty questions in my head, and I don't know what to, <laughs> where to go first. But um, there's so, first we talked. You talked about mastery. I just did a little two-minute Monday mantra on just a word and the word today was being a master, mastering your game mastering the parts and the pieces like that, uh, people don't have that vision, they don't have that purpose and so they don't know the game plan they don't know how to break the game down or the, the job or the vision down the goal into the parts because they don't have a big picture that you were talking about Alan and so in my little head I believe that having that big picture and that purpose gives us that good feeling that positive energy that helps us to not be depressed at least that works for me um, most of the time do you have any tips on excuse me Look, I think that's pro- yeah it's
2: profoundly important Chloe that um, mastery is a process and I think you've really hit the nail on the head like if, you know, I, I used to watch a lot of uh, American football and, and the way I see people do life is they want to be in the end of the fourth quarter, you know, running in for a touchdown. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens before then. You know, it's a game of inches. We've all heard these analogies many times. But mastery is a process and it's a step-by-step process and it's a daily process. Um, and, it's, and yet it's an end in all of us our desire to grow, as you said, um, eloquently is, is, is in us. And, uh, you know, there is a, a, a sort of a desire of where we want to be, but there's a lack of skill in terms of, well, how do I break that down into a series of achievable steps and how do I take those steps and put them into my day? And that's, that's really where, um, Catherine and I focus a lot of our time. Catherine, were you got any thoughts for that?
1: I am totally aligned with both of you and there's much that I could add, but I think that probably sums up beautifully, you know, the importance of a focus in regards to mastery. And as you shared, Alan, just being mindful that you're not at the full time blower. You know, it is a step by step process. And Chloe, the point that you made too about having that big picture and knowing what that is and then being able to break it down, break down the pieces of the game so that we can take the incremental steps on working towards mastery and fueling ourselves with the growth that we experience. You
0: know, I feel that if we were just taught a little bit of how to become masters or to master certain things in school, that we would have such an easier time. And I wonder what they're really teaching in schools. But that's another (laughs) conversation. (laughs) But I, I know that... You know, from being a transformational coach and trainers and working with high level executives and um, entrepreneurs and business people, that there are some secrets that these people use and they share amongst themselves. Are you able to share some of those secrets with us? Um, uh, some secrets that people that can help us to be truly, happy and successful. Not successful based on what everyone else is talking about, but what I'm talking about for my own life. It has to be applied individually, or, or at least for a
2: family.
1: Mm-hmm. So true, so true. Well, Alan, let's have a look at the science behind it, and then I'll add to that.
2: So um, if I look at two um, to. to uh, individuals who've had a profound effect, really, on the science of what makes us flourish. Man Seligman and another chap called uh, Tal Ben-Shahar, who was based at Harvard. Um, what 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 really makes us tick, what really makes us happy, and that happiness, I believe, then reflects on everything. This is how we enjoy life, enjoy, you know, um, enjoy success in life um, the first thing is experiencing what they call positive emotion every day and that positive emotion could be everything from you know joy and excitement at one end of the scale all the way down to peace and contentment at the other and, and experiencing that on a daily basis um, engagement or being in flow is incredibly important and uh, you know the research shows that that happens more at work than it does when we're in our leisure time so it's important to feel a sense of flow, Now the best analogy for that is if, you, if anybody listening skis, it's when you're skiing downhill, snow skiing, and kind of time stops stills. You don't feel any emotion, it's just you're fully in the moment. Well, believe it or not, the scientists have now caught up with what I think you know, um, spiritual and religious people have been saying for centuries, that that moment is actually important to our overall well-being. The others have kind of covered uh, briefly, so relationships, you know, deep and abiding relationships, meaning and purpose, and achievement are also important. Th- these are all things that, uh, achievement or mastery, same word, um, these are all things that Marty Seligman talked about, and Tal Ben-Shahar adds this, and I think it's profoundly important. A lot of people spend their lives saying, I will be happy when I achieve X, some goal post further down the track. I'll be happy when such and such happens. And what they do is postpone happiness to some point in the future. And the reality is, is that if you're not experiencing happiness, contentment in the here and now, you will never experience it when you achieve X or Y or Z. So that's what the scientists are saying about what makes us happy. Catherine, do you want to add your piece?
1: Thanks, Alan. Yes, and- the way that I see it, this is certainly based on my own personal experience and from having worked with thousands of people over the decades. And that is fundamentally that we need to come back to a place where we have a relationship with ourselves, to know thyself, yep. to be able to honor and love who we are right at this very point in time and to really appreciate that we aren't our mind, we aren't our body. They're very important aspects of the game, of course, but we are essence. We are spirit. We are who we are. We have to come back to that place. So we've got a sense of ease. Like if we're cranky with ourselves, if we're unhappy with ourselves, we're not going to be able to have that ease, that flow. We're not going to be able to draw on that life energy that we all innately have to be able to propel us forward. So I think coming back to that place of just really being able to love and honor who we truly are, we're not perfect. And so. I don't think that do you day will think ever that happen. in
0: order to have that flow that you're talking about, uh, the two of you, um, mm-hmm. do you is it does it come from you being authentic in yourself?
1: Absolutely, Chloe. Absolutely, it's um, it's about being true to who we are and also to knowing what's important to us, so that we can be very real, very authentic, very honest in relation to that. It's foundational. So you're right on track with what you're saying there, Chloe. And that's why I love the work that you share because you have so much of a focus around being authentic. And that's the nuts and bolts of it, fundamentally.
0: And, you know, sometimes when you take your authentic self into corporate, they want to know, well, where are you coming from? And what is this talk? And it's very spiritual. It's a spiritual dimension. And I know that you Mm -hmm. think about that. Um, the spiritual dimension in business, what are some of your thoughts or what have you experienced um, uh, with this um, radical talk that you're taking into business?
1: Well, it's been a challenge along the way. Unfortunately, I've had a few years to be able to refine the process, certainly for how I manage myself and how I've been teaching others to be authentic. I think a lot of this, as I said earlier, Chloe, comes back to knowing what makes us happy, what's important to us, what we truly value, having that connection with self and something greater. So when we come from that place, we can stand empowered and be more authentic. And it's also, too, we have a clarity with that that we don't necessarily grab after every carrot that's dangling in front of us. And I recall a few years back, um, I had delivered a training for... There was a a major mining corporation here in Australia. And um, I got paid an enormous amount of money to deliver the work. And it was successful. Um, The corporation was happy. The participants were happy. But it was a three-day program. And on the evening of the third day, I was in my hotel room. I sat on the bed and cried. I was not happy because I was not being authentic. I knew that I had so much more to offer. I knew that I was skirting around some issues and I was doing it, playing the game how they wanted me to play the game. And I declared at that day, that night, amongst my tears, that I would not play that way again. And it did have an effect in regard to my bottom line but I had to work out strategies in regard to how I would work with that so I could remain authentic, that I could be the best version of myself and share the gifts that I have with the world. So on a personal level, I had to go through my own learning process. I had to get to learn more of who I was and how I wanted to do life. So it's something that can be, you know, that puts us to the test. It makes us sort of stand and up so and go, okay, thing, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: feel that this is where the rubber meets the road and where you become a, a real big girl to say with integrity and authenticity, this is who I am? and this is how I'm going to show up from this point on. Take takes some guts to be able to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why it's so important that we've got that relationship with self and we've got good people around us. I so agree, Chloe. And interestingly enough, just earlier today, Alan and I had a conversation on this very topic about making some decisions where we stay true and authentic to what it is that makes us happy, to what we know will work and to stay in our own integrity and to let some things go. So we really develop that ability that we have to discern of what's healthy for us and for those around us by being authentic. Well,
0: could either of you give or both of you give an example uh, of a situation or a person who's able to mix the spiritual with the rational uh, in their business or working? Lives or their companies, or working whether they're working in a non profit or a school. I think I would think that anywhere that you would work, you'd have to kind of walk a fine
1: line. Absolutely, yeah. Well, Alan, I've, I know you know some great people in relation to this, and we were speaking on this just earlier. Mm. So, over to you, my friend.
2: So, I think the, the usually the most um, public figures. Are the easiest names to use because people understand the analogy. They they understand the power, and 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 so they 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 can all be very different. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was here recently. I went to see him talk, and the thing that he's most proud of of all of the strange things that he's done in his career is the environmental laws that he had passed in his time as governor of California, and as as we've seen recently you know that um his foresight was actually incredibly important him and his team and he's not somebody that you would naturally associate with having a, a sort of let's face it a, a spiritual dimension or a, a dimension uh, that's that's greater than being you know this kind of you know ex-hollywood movie star and, and so on and yet his great passion in life uh, when he spoke is about doing his bit on behalf of the planet and our, our responsibility uh, completely uh, as uh, as a society to, to look after this precious uh, place that we live so it was extraordinary to hear a, 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 a guy like that um, talking at, at such a deep and honest level about something that's incredibly important to him uh, that's part of his uh, real purpose and what really drives drives him and so the example is, uh, you know, the obvious example would be somebody obviously like Oprah uh, Winfrey, who is an extraordinarily successful businesswoman, is in an incredibly, um, you know, uh, competitive environment, which is commercial television, yet I think has done more than any other person to bring um, a level of uh, depth, a level of seriousness, a level of compassion, a level of self-understanding than, than anyone else I can think of off the top of my head. She's an extraordinary human being, and um, I think her her ability to move between the two uh, planes of, of uh, understanding is, is remarkable. So they would be the two very different, but still, I think we have a tendency to look at the angelic role model and say they're the only one living an authentic life, well, you know, not necessarily. There are people out there doing extraordinary things who we may not align with entirely, but nonetheless are still, um, you know, delivering what I call true compassion to the world, which is what I think we all need. Catherine, what's your thoughts?
0: I love those two examples. Um, I could actually get a visual as you were explaining that to me. Um, but what you, you, the two of you must have some daily habits that you both share, uh, maybe some overlap, maybe they don't. I remember um, I have some habits that I, rituals or different things that I do, and um, some of them work very, very well, and sometimes I stop doing them, and I'm wondering, <laughs> why do I stop? Why did it stop when it was working so beautifully, and I was getting such results? What do you guys do? And do you find yourself not doing them sometimes?
1: Yes and yes. Catherine, (laughs) yes and yes. Absolutely. (laughs) So paramount to me is my focus to be intentional on a daily basis. So that is a habit that I really have in place, is to just set aside a few minutes at the beginning of each day to really come back to that place of where I, I truly draw my energy from you know which is me and a power that is greater than I and to think okay how can I use this God-given ability to create my life my business my circumstances and so I get very very clear on what it is that I want to create and then from there I create my to-do list because it's not about the action if I'm not in the driver's seat if I'm not fully present if I'm not intentional, it's going to be really, really, really hard work. So that is paramount for me on a daily basis. As to forgetting it, particularly when I travel, it's easy because I'm in different time zones, I fall in, fall out, as long it might, is it morning. But when I'm at home particularly, I have in my bedroom, we've got um, mirrored wardrobe doors and I've bought a texter, which you can actually use to write on glass. And on that, I have got written on the mirrors in my bedroom. Be intentional. Take time for yourself. So I do have to do that every single day, and it's just a reminder. I need a reminder. I think we all need reminders, and it's important to build mm-hmm. those in to our lives. And the other thing that I do, Chloe, and this isn't a daily habit, an annual habit. When I start to plan out my year, I plan out time for me, whether that be a holiday whether it be a little time off here, a bit of a time to go to do a course there to learn something more here, and then I build my life around that because if I don't do that, I get lost in the mix, and we all need time to ourselves. It's very, very important, time to dedicate to our growth and to our know what, well, I love
0: watching you on your vacations. <laughs> I love watching you on your vacations, and you seem to te- you you schedule a lot of time for yourself, and a lot of the places that you work seems to have kind of a vacation environment as well. From over here, looking at your Facebook posts and all of that, it looks like you've, you you got you worked that out for yourself.
2: <laughs> what about you, Alan? Well, absolutely. Um, there are two things that I do. One um, that I think hopefully most of your listeners will go, to. That, that sounds terrific, and one where many of your listeners might go, oh my God, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. So the, the first one, the most important one for me, in terms of filling my cup every day, is making sure I hang out with my family. I've got a four-year-old daughter and a one-year-old daughter. Um, and what I remind myself constantly in my head is my four-year-old daughter, when we're walking together, will automatically just reach out and grab my hand. And at some point in the next 10 or maybe 12 years, she's not going to be wanting to grab my hand anymore because I won't be cool and she'll be 16. And and so this time is very, very precious. And the time to be totally present with um, children is is incredibly important. And they know when you're not fully present. They know when your head's still in work or... Or whatever. And so that's always been something every day that's important. I'm always around at breakfast. Um, I'm lucky I can work from home. Um, so I kind of have as strong a stronger relationship with my daughters as my wife does. And not many men have, have that as a, as a blessing. And that, that really is a blessing. The, the second thing I do, which is actually um, incredibly important for my mental health um, and my emotional well being, is I exercise. Now, when I mention exercise, most people groan and hang their heads in their, in their hands. Oh, my God. So, so just so I'm clear, exercise means anything from if your thing's dancing, go and dance. You know, if it's Kung Fu, you know, go and do Kung Fu, but, but move. And the reason it's incredibly important is because it actually changes your brain chemistry. We were all designed to move 12, 12, about 12 miles a day. And that keeps our brain chemistry at an optimal level, where we're thinking clearer, we're better at dealing with stress, we're more positive, and so on and so forth. Um, so that mind-body connection that people have talked about for years, that's been proven now. And the actual physical effects of our exercise are not just simply what happens to your body, but the chemical changes that are triggered then in the brain. We actually create more brain cells, believe it or not, when we exercise um you know so it's kind of profound stuff and you know i am not super fit just so everybody's clear because you can hear my voice you can't see me um you know i'm (laughs) I'm slightly overweight you know and all of that kind of stuff but i still get out there in boogie i don't look good in like but you know i still have a try so there you go that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, if
0: you're just joining us, you're listening to Bread Wanting Moms with Chloe. And I'm your host, Chloe Taylor Brown. And we are talking to Catherine Taylor, who's Catherine the Great to me today. And we're also talking to Alan Furlong, and they are in Australia. And we are talking about all the things that they do in their work, Catherine is one of the best transformational trainers. She is a businesswoman, entrepreneur, and Alan is a businessman, entrepreneur, and also a transformational coach, works with entrepreneurs. And I would like to transition just a little bit. Um, most of the people that listen to the show uh, are working mothers and mothers who are entrepreneurs and mothers who have maybe a stay-at-home mom who's working um, at a network marketing or direct marketing. So they're all different types of working mothers. What would you say about all of this, about spirituality and being authentic and flow for women who are wanting to start their own business? Let's start there first. Catherine.
1: Thanks, Chloe. I would say that it's really important For any woman particularly a woman who may well be a mom so therefore there's more demands on their time to be able to at least create a few minutes each day to come back to that place where they can actually have that intentionality around what they want to create what they want to do very important because that's where our power comes from that's where our life force comes from and also to to be able to sit back at the end of each day for just a few minutes and acknowledge those things that worked really well and acknowledge those things that didn't work well. So then we're able to adjust, we're able to fine tune and take little baby steps of correcting and improving on a daily basis. Now that comes from a place then too, that we can honor what we've done to be able to acknowledge the wins that we've had along the way. Cause that's, so vital for us all and that is really a spiritual practice it's not a religious practice it's a spiritual practice it's about being able to access that life force and utilize it fully and I think as moms we've all got like I'm a mom and I'm what I call a MA or a grandmother it's really important that we take time out to be able to do that and that we have got A sense of clarity and purpose in regard to who we are and what we're doing within our families within our relationships and within our business
0: Wow I like that and Alan I love what you've said about spending time with your daughters your children and being home with them for breakfast what could you say as a father two bread-winning moms of uh, just a bit of advice There's no particular area just what from your mm. own personal um,
2: life flow mm. I've, I've got to say something that sounds kind of radical because it goes against everything that women are taught and I'm I'm a guy who has four sisters um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I've been very fortunate in having uh, strong women uh, in my life all of my life um, the what what women are taught is to be selfless so the family comes first the business or the career comes next Um, you know husband or partner comes after that or somewhere in between (laughs) and so on and so forth and and then and then right at the bottom of the list usually about number 27 or 28 is me Mm -hmm. you know And, and this is this is very very normal and this is not only normal it's expected what I would say is me needs to come number one because yeah. you cannot give what you do not possess. And I think that at the heart of most women's challenges from, from working with women for many years and being blessed working with somebody powerful like Catherine, and we see this over and over again, is this sense of duty to do other things. And what it does is you end up draining your tank mm. and, and, and then you beat yourself up for not being able to give and give and give. And and so put yourself number one because because that level of self-love and self-care emanates through everything. Um, Tal Ben-Shahar talks about living an optimal life. Um, And an optimal life is when you look at all of the things that you have to balance and you start to choose what you can give 80% to or 85% to because you cannot give 100% across the board. It's impossible. You'll burn out. And I'm speaking from personal experience. So if family is precious to you, then look at your diary and actually ask yourself, if family is pre- really precious to me, am I truly spending enough time with my family? And if the answer is no, then maybe, just maybe, you can't exercise five days a week. You can exercise three or three and a half. Um, so so I think that's really my observations um, we are blessed now I think to be living in a time where we have more women influencing at very senior levels and corporations we have more women building their own businesses we have more women as you said stay at home moms who um, are building careers you know and multi-level marketing etc they bring with them a whole different way of doing things well then we need to throw out the old stereotype of the mum who sort of gives up her whole life for everything And abandons her true purpose in that process. We have to have mums say, you know what? I can give so much because I look after myself. I'm a role model for my daughters, for example, because I know how to take care of myself. I know how to show self love, and therefore those women will grow up with a different operating model, and hopefully happier as a consequence.
0: I like that. I think that you should run for something global for women to be able to be on our team because um, this is a a very, very important message. It reminds me of traveling and flying. We have to put our own oxygen mask on first, otherwise we're not (laughs) going to be able to support anyone. And mm -hmm. um, Catherine, what do you have to say uh, to this? Exactly what you said,
1: Chloe. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. It's the analogy of the oxygen mask first, that we truly must care for ourselves, nurture ourselves to fuel ourselves. Then we can take ourselves into the world and truly be the best version of ourselves. I wonder where we got the, not all of us women, but so many of us
0: feel so guilty to... Take the time for ourselves first. We're usually, like you said, Alan, pouring our attention and time in other people. And when it comes to us, we don't have the energy, or it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's time for the next day to do it all over again. And, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Catherine, do you have any tips or strategies uh, for professional women and also women, period? to put ourselves first.
1: Absolutely. And, Chloe, I think as we look at this, it's really important that we keep an aspect of balance in mind. And I'm speaking on this from personal experience because I used to be one of those very selfless people. And then I went, you know what? This just isn't working. I can't keep doing this. So then I became selfish. And guess what? That didn't work either. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think this is a challenge that so many of us as women experience is that we can tend to be either selfless or we can be really quite rigid and like this is the way it is and it's black and white and you know, almost masculine in the way that we deal in the world. Not implying that men are selfish, but you know men are much more typically directive in regard to their boundaries whereas women aren't. Um, so in regard to how to best manage that I would say number one look at the feedback that you're getting we teach people how to treat us so if we're available for everybody they'll think that we're always going to be available for them and if we want to make some change we need to let people know we need to let them know that we are going to change our operating basis and just by conversation we can do that rather than suddenly changing and not letting anybody know And then what happens is we leave this great wash of turmoil behind us and upset people. So I think if anybody's wanting to transition more into taking that time for self to be able to truly stand in an authentic, empowered place, is to have the conversations with people that are close to you, with your partners, with your family, with your colleagues, and just let them know that that will be happening so that they've got a bit of a heads up. They're aware of the changes that will be coming. And that way it makes it much easier for us to then start that process of allocating some I time love it.
0: I love this. I'm going to be changing. Here's my strategy, and I just want to inform mm-hmm. you that I, this yes. is what's going to be happening when you. so that when you step into my zone...
1: You know,
0: you can't just change and not tell anyone, right? Because they don't know.
1: Well, I did. I did, Chloe, and it doesn't work. I suddenly stopped doing my husband's ironing, and he was like, she doesn't love me anymore. This was like 20-odd years ago. And, and it was interpreted that I didn't love him anymore. Far be that from the truth.
0: <laughs> well, before we run out of time, which we're, we have a few minutes, but I wanted to... First of all, for both of you to let us know how to connect with you on all of your social media uh, outlets. You, Catherine, you can go ahead first.
1: Thanks, Chloe. So, for me, the best place to connect is on Facebook at Katherine Taylor powerhouse. That's Catherine Taylor powerhouse. Um, and you'll be able to certainly message me there, contact me there. You'll be able to get a sense and a feel of where we come from in regard to the work that we do. I am also on LinkedIn, and you'll see on LinkedIn that I am there underneath Catherine Taylor, Powerhouse, and also the Energy Savings Business, which we have. I'm also connected with that as well. Um, I'm not on Twitter that often, so I understand that in the States you guys are more Twitter orientated than what we are here down under. So uh, Facebook, certainly, on the business page of Captain Taylor Powerhouse would be the best place to connect for myself.
0: And I think um, that I saw that you're not on uh, Instagram
1: yet, right? Correct, Chloe, correct. You know, like what Alan was saying before, you can't give 100% of everything <laughs> to everything. Yeah. yeah, and I don't have a social media team. I like to, We've got a very personable approach. You know, we're not about going out and teaching to the masses. We're about really aligning with people who resonate with the work that we share. So I actually do all the work. So hence why you're not seeing me on every social media outlet because I just don't have the time. <laughs>
0: you don't have the time and you don't have the social media team and you're not looking for one right now. But you never That's know. exactly <laughs> <it>. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> and what about That's you, it. Alan? So
2: Chloe, the, the, the best place people can find me is actually uh, through Catherine's Facebook page. It just helps Catherine and I uh, keep on top of things uh, together as a team. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, So I've got, luckily I've got the relatively unusual surname. It's not unusual in in Ireland, but it's definitely unusual in the rest of the world. So you you can find me, uh, Alan Furlong on LinkedIn. Um, And UVG is the United Vets group. We help. Uh, One of our businesses anyway helps uh, veterinarians who um, most people don't know actually suffer one of the the highest levels of um, depression of all of the the professions, believe it or not. So Mm -hmm. so it's uh, interesting and um, wonderful work. So that's the easiest place to find me. But if if people are going to Catherine's page rather than jumping around um, on Facebook, they would just find me there as well.
0: Okay. Would you please uh talk about the work that you're doing in uh is it Southeast Asia and United Arab Emirates? Uh that sounds so romantic and
1: exotic. <laughs> is it's it? The time, but not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely>. Uh, <laughs> uh so, it's actually, thank you for asking because this is a, a business that is actually not associated with my transformational coaching or the seminars that I actually do. The client who I've had for over 10 years came across something that was, it's an environmentally very safe and energy saving prospect in regard to something as very basic as air conditioning and refrigeration. So helping people save money in regard to their spend on electricity and also to having zero zero impact in regard to global warming potential. So I had emotional buy-in. I was like, man, I'd need to jump on board. He actually asked me if I'd partnered with him in this business. So um, so that's what we've done. So currently, you know, we're working our way through a new startup. So, you know, I've got real on the ground, hands-on experience in regard to what business is like. You know, I just don't make money from teaching people some kind of great philosophy, you know. We're actually out mm-hmm. there in the thick of it, in the game. Um, yes, it is, it is very, um, very challenging at times and very rewarding at times. It's been a wonderful process and working in different parts of the world. It's very easy to become insular within our own culture. It's very safe. So there's been learnings on many, many aspects in regard to dealing with uh, with different cultures as well. So on a business level and a personal level, it's been a great growth experience. And we're in that phase of yes, it's a lot of work at this point in time. The reward, the payoff, is not nearly as high as what you know a lot of people dream of. Or, you know, I'm going to start this new venture and boom, it's just going to be off and running. We're less than one year in, so you know we're at that phase of managing cash flow, building relationships and just continually forging forward in regard to the vision that we have. It's very exciting, very exciting. And uh, I actually said It sounds very Alan. exciting. And it is, it is, Chloe. We're doing good work. We're helping people save money and we're saving the environment. To me, that's great work. That's, that's uh, something that's bigger than me. And uh, so I and love that. apparently and Alan, you, and you love,
0: love this. traveling as
1: well. I do, I do. You always comment on my travel, Chloe. (laughs) I do because I'm living vicariously through you with
0: all your travels (laughs) and exotic places and I say, well, one day I'm going to be working in Bali or Thailand or some of those places that you're traveling to and you're working and you seem to be able to schedule it and make it look like a vacation.
1: So true, Chloe. Actually, interestingly <laughs> enough, I, yes, I presented. <laughs> I presented a seminar over the course of the weekend, and on Sunday, when I was um, saying goodbye to one of my business partners, whose name is John, I said, "Bye, my friend. I'll see you in Singapore because we're meeting up in Singapore a little later in the year. We're having ten days together where we're actually going to an island in Malaysia, and we'll work in that time. You know, we'll have that time together." where we brainstorm, where we create things. Of course, we'll have internet access so I can jump online when I need to. Um, And I'll have a setup in place around that. And also too, we'll have time of relaxation and enjoyment. And so it's really about getting set up for how we want to do life. It is possible. It took me a period of time to get my head around it. You know, I always used to think it was Mm -hmm. only people who were rich and famous could do that. That's not the case. That's not the case. It's a little different, you know, if we've got a storefront and we have to meet with people in person. All of my work used to be done in person. And I've been able to educate my clients and my students over the years in regards to not doing that. And even with the energy savings business, and I think this is a really good point and something that Alan will add to, is that, you know, yes, I am there periodically. But we have got joint ventures. We've got strategic alliances. So we've got people on the ground that continue to work. And I don't have to be there. And that's key when you have strategic alliances. If you're going to grow
0: and expand, you can always stay a one-woman show or one-man show. And that's wonderful if that's what you want. But if you're going to expand and grow and um, to stretch yourself, then you've got to have that those alliances that you're talking about and i think that's we could have a whole conversation just on building strategic alliances in your team Mm. well we're running out of
1: time what were you going to say katherine absolutely and chloe if that is a conversation for another time I'd love for Alan to share what he knows in regard to joint ventures and strategic alliances, because uh, that's really where that point of leverage is, and Alan has a level of mastery in regard to that for sure.
0: Oh, well, we'll have to have you both of you to come back just for that, because that is uh, really a great topic that we should share. But what for now, yeah. for the sake of time, I would like for each of you, starting with you, Catherine to leave us just with a piece of advice um that you'd like to share with the listeners to inspire us to empower us to to motivate us into being more of ourselves
1: chloe again coming back to that place of being able to access the life energy that is truly available for us and in that that means that we need to take time for ourselves we're We all experience stress. As I said earlier, stress can actually be healthy. Stress can be energy for growth. It just depends how we deal with it, how we let the energy move. So we need to take time out. We need to have a healthy outlet. As Alan was saying, you know, exercise to move, um, to be able to actually come to that place where we're really looking after ourselves and we're in the best possible shape to live our life and create our business, create our life and enjoy it my gosh, you know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. So to have fun in the process, that's really vital. Oh, I like that quote. We're here for a good time, not a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how I'm going to post that and give
1: that credit to you. Is that your quote? Uh, well, I've used it for a long time. Probably somebody said it before me, but... Hey, (laughs) (laughs) What is yours? If we can't think of the person who said it before you, we're going to give it
0: to you. We're going to put it on your, put it on, post it. And Alan, uh, do you have any advice uh, for our listeners?
2: I I think I come from a sort of practical standpoint, which is why Catherine and I work so well. Very much into the deeper level and then how do we make this practical? How do we make this Uh, doable day by day and and change day by day what I would um, suggest um, is that if people get a chance the listeners today to, to pick up a book called flourish by Martin Seligman it will help everyone understand what really truly makes us happy and use that framework to sit down with a piece of paper and say okay I'm a really truly happy you know in this area in that area yes no etc etc and then get a little action plan based on that well what do i need to do to be happy because for me happy is not simply the emotional state it's a deep and profound sense of contentment Mm -hmm. and that can only come from understanding where i'm at today and where i need to be tomorrow and it's the journey that's the joy you know that that's the biggest point i want to make the day by day journey is the joy It's not at some far off land and it's not at some far off distance. The day by day journey is the joy and, and at the end of your life, when you look back, you realize that those precious moments were not when you made a million dollars. Sure. They're great. The precious moments is when your daughter looks you in the eye for the first time at the age of four and deeply looks you in the eye Mm -hmm. and tells you she loves you. And you know that it's come from a really, really profound place. And those precious moments will stay with you forever. So, so understand where I'm at today in terms of true happiness, true contentment. And then, okay, well, let's look at where things are at and what do I need to do to improve it. Because everything then starts to improve. Your business outcomes will improve. Your relationships will improve. Your sense of well-being will improve. The list goes on and on. Yeah.
0: I love it. I'm also going to put your contact information uh, right in this um, this audio on the, the page that's on Blog Talk Radio, so that people can access it when they see it that way. And we have also spoken it, and I'm going to share it in the links. And I want to say thank you so much, Alan Furlong, for coming on the show with your friend and my friend, Catherine Taylor. I appreciate both of you for sharing your time with me. And um, I know it's early there in uh, Queensland, Australia. So thank you so very much. And you still have your morning to enjoy. And I feel so blessed that you shared this time with me. Is there anything, Catherine, uh, that you're going to be uh, working on that Uh, people could sign up for, both of you, can go to your website. I know your website is being re... re, um, You're doing your website over, but is there anything
1: that you're selling (laughs) that you can let people know about? Sure, Chloe. Alan and I are actually doing what we call a life hack retreat. So that is for the moms who might be running a business who are struggling in regard to how they best manage their time for a business owner who might be selling a little bit stuck. The outcome of the Life Hat retreat is to be able to work with each person to explore what truly makes them happy, to really define that sense of purpose and that them with them walking away with a set of skills and beliefs and practices that will actually help each person to create and live the life and business that they want. It's profound work, it's deep work. We don't just sit around holding hands singing and it's not a jump on the chair and get excited and go, I'm alive and well and I feel great. You know, It's not about being all pumped up. This is about being able to access that energy that we all have from a very deep place so that we can live a happier life, a more fulfilled life, a content life. Well, that
0: is truly amazing. You've heard it from Katherine Taylor Access life energy and take time for yourself. And you've heard it from Alan Forlong is to understand that the journey is the joy. Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing your time with me. And enjoy the rest of your day. And goodbye for now.
1: Okay, thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey so Thank you, listeners. Goodbye now. Bye bye.